Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. Today we are going to talk about your pantry and decluttering your pantry and why that might be a good idea. One of the things that I think about with cluttered pantries is how they can lead to food waste. And this is this is a beef that both you and I have, Beck, don't we? Mm, yeah, yeah. When it comes to food waste, uh, there are figures out. The UN released um, some figures a couple of, oh, actually it was only last year, 2019, that said that one third of all the food produced in the world for human consumption or 1.3 billion tonnes of food is wasted every year and that figure is staggering and I think there's lots of reasons for that but when we bring it right back to just our general household levels some of that is because we have so much stuff in our pantry and stuff we can't see stuff that goes past its best before day and stuff we throw out and one of the ways that we can avoid doing that is by decluttering our pantries. Yeah there's a lot of food waste caused by having so much stuff that you can't find what you want uh, or so much stuff that you just don't ever get to some of the foods. And like you said, there's heaps of causes of that that global food waste number. We're not going to get into all of them. There's there's a whole lot about, you know, purchasing habits and um, supermarket standards and things like that But at the, and regulations around the reuse of unused food so there's all of those things that cause it but if we just go back to our own contribution it's mostly uh, having a cluttered pantry and or the lack of appropriate meal planning but that's a whole other episode yeah so I think we'll, we'll definitely tackle meal planning at another stage and we'll look at fridges as well as another episode because I feel like they have their own little quirks oh, yeah, and some different mm-hmm. kind of um, organization rules and tips around you know specifically fridge so the other thing that gets me with a cluttered pantry is like how frustrated you get how stressed out you get when you can't find what you're looking for you're like I know there was a tin of tomatoes in here somewhere and it's mealtime and the kids are feral and the dog's barking and you're like (laughs) rummaging through your pantry and that just drives me berserk so having an organized pantry I think is a good stress saver Oh, it is. And it's also it has like a reverse effect as well, because sometimes you if you've got so much stuff in your pantry, you will assume you've got something. And then when you go to cook with it, it's not there. And then there's that frustration as well, because sometimes you just go, oh, like my food is my pantry is so full. Surely I've got tin tomatoes. And then, you know, you go to find them and they're not there. So that's another frustrating thing as well as when your pantry is over full, you cannot possibly know what is in there and that goes hand in hand then with the amount of money you can waste just by having a cluttered pantry because you're either buying duplicates of things that you've already got because you don't know that you've got them or Mm. stuff gets pushed to the back or gets lost somewhere in there and by the time you find it, it's past its best and you end up throwing it out so there's a whole there's a whole lot of information out there about you know the amount of money we waste throwing out food as Mm. well so for all those reasons, I think we need to declutter our pantries. Yeah. Might be a bit hard at the moment, though, with all of the panic buying that's going on. <laughs> I yeah. was just thinking uh, we're recording this sort of at the height of panic buying um, at the moment and there will be a lot of full pantries at the moment because people are stocking up 
Uh, and obviously in some places like initially it's completely valid that people are stocking up because they can't actually get out. But in those places where there there isn't a really high risk of being in lockdown, then people are still stocking up. So there are some full pantries out there at the moment because of that as well. But we're just going to be looking mostly at uh, regular old regular old everyday clutter. Why do you think our pantries do get cluttered back? Like most of us enjoy, you know, having these lovely Pinterest worthy looking pantries mm-hmm. with all the, you know, pretty containers and the neat labels. Why do they get so out of control? Um, buying too much is probably the primary reason. And the reasons why people buy too much are quite varied. So people buy more than what is necessary because they like to buy in bulk to save money. So bulk shopping and discount bulk shopping uh, causes a lot of pantry clutter, I think. Yeah, I have a real issue with that. I like, I love the idea of, you know, buying big quantities and, you know, saving money. I love a bargain like anyone else, but I always worry, especially if it's something you haven't tried before that you're buying, you know, four (laughs) litres of that barbecue sauce. And then it's like, what if you don't like it? Then you're stuck with it and then I would have an issue throwing it out so it would sit in the pantry (laughs) until it went past its best before. So I think, you know, for certain things that you know you like um, and you you definitely know you'll use and you'll get through, like toothpaste and toilet paper and that kind of stuff and maybe your cornflakes or your breakfast cereal, buying, you know, bulk packets, I don't have an issue. But I think lots of people will make the mistake of going, oh, look, there's, you know, a pack of... 24 tins of creamed corn don't know if I like creamed corn or if I could use it but it's a good bargain I'll take it home and then realize that's not their thing yeah Mm. (laughs) yeah and also buying in bulk sometimes is unnecessary to get discounts anyway uh or at least buying in, in the large volume bulk volumes and sometimes you only need a few weeks worth until it's back on special again or something like that instead of getting the the bulk bulk amount like mm-hmm. the really the Costco sized things I remember going to Costco once with my friend and <laughs> I don't know like if you've have you been there before do you go to Costco mm-hmm. I'm not a member oh. anymore because I just I bought stuff that I couldn't get through in time it would just ended up being yeah. a waste so I yeah. stopped yeah so I um went with my friend Amanda and I don't remember how long ago it was now but I I got, it was, it was hilarious. She's really funny. I'm going to have her on the podcast actually, because she's so funny. I'll just have to make it like a, a sweary one. I'll have to put a warning at the front because she swears. <laughs> but we, we went to Costco and she had a membership. So she took me along and they've got like giant, giant, um, trolleys and mm-hmm. I'm not a very big person. She's even smaller than me. So she's shorter than us. She's five foot nothing and she's small. And so she's got, she looked like, we looked like we were little kids playing, <laughs> playing shops. And so we kept giggling about that as we walk around with our giants. And I'm like, it's like being in giant land. And she's like, yeah, I know. I love it. And um, I, I, it was really disconcerting for me. And I did buy a few things like there was one big thing of these pods of washing liquid and she said oh they're really awesome and so I went okay (laughs) just (laughs) grabbed them and they like I really didn't like the smell at first after all I got to like it but initially when I used it the first time I was like oh my god I don't like this what am I going to do I've spent all this money and I've got this massive big box of pots (laughs) and things and that lasted me ages and I bought a massive big thing of flour which took forever to get down my husband had a great time teasing me about how long it took me to use all that flour up but um I I did I sort of got caught up in it a bit and there were a few things that I bought that I didn't you know end up 
using all of and that, that got wasted. So I know what you mean by that. But um, yeah, that 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 Costco that Costco visit was hilarious. Yeah, and <laughs> we had so much fun. I think I think it goes hand in hand with people just not having enough space in their pantry. So if you've got enough space in your pantry and you've possibly got overflow cupboards I know in Australia when Costco arrived here which was only a few years ago people developed there was this whole wave of people going I've got a Costco cupboard now which is basically where where all the excess went so you only had space Mm -hmm. in your pantry for you know one of the bottles of tomato sauce so the other six bottles that you got in your bulk pack ended up going in the Costco cupboard and sometimes that was in a laundry, sometimes it was in the garage. But there was this dawn of people needing to find extra space in their house to put mm. the, the surplus stock. The overflow. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I think it comes, that's one of those key reasons why our pantries end up being cluttered is because we don't have enough space. Some people have huge pantries, some have tiny pantries, and yet we all still buy as if the end of the world is coming and we buy an excess <laughs> and then have to try and fit it all in. And then, mm. you know, going on from that, because you're just cramming stuff in wherever it fits, it ends up being not very well organised mm. that kind of thing. Another reason why things get sort of poorly organised as well is simply because pantries aren't that well designed for accessibility and they're often like next to a fridge, which means they're really deep. So they're in that deep kind of part of the, unless they're a walk-in, but if I'm just talking about a cupboard at the moment, they're often quite deep and they're so deep that you it's very difficult to be able to access the stuff that's at the back. Uh, and unless you come up with a really good system for that, it's it can end up being really clogged up at the back with a whole lot of things that you can't get to. Uh, and the stuff at the front sort of gets in the way and that sort of gets cycled through relatively quickly, but all the stuff at the back stays there and it's because of the design of the laundries and laundries, um, pantries. And I think that they're much better these days. Like there's some really good pantry design out there, you know, with um, racks and uh, narrower pantries that aren't as deep and walk-in pantries and those kinds of things that are actually a little bit more efficient as far as space goes. But if you've got one of those old-style deep pantries, it can be really difficult to set up a good system. Yeah, and because, you know, I remember back to my days of like stocking a drinks cupboard at the fish and chip shop when I was 13 and it would be like you'd get out the new cans of Coke and you'd have to pull all the ones in the fridge out and put the new ones out the back and then, you know, pull uh, yeah. all the old, you know. But who has time? We all get home from the supermarket and like throw it in, throw it in the cupboard. It's like, oh, I'm just going to sit and rotate my tomatoes so that the ones I bought last week are closer to the front than the ones I bought. Like, <laughs> I, don't, mm. I don't know, maybe there's people out there that do that. I try to... I guess through the process of meal planning to use to only have what I know I'm going to use but mm. for, and the reason I keep saying tin tomatoes is that's one of I have an issue with those because I buy tin tomatoes <laughs> every week whether I'm planning to use them or not because it feels like the most useful staple to have it have in the cupboard but yeah quite often people will just put the new ones in front of the old ones use the new ones buy more new ones put them in front mm. of the old ones and don't rotate and I don't know what the answer is to that I feel like Part of it is being better organised, planning and... Well, I think um, the answer is using them all, like not having so many because if you're only using the front ones, then you're buying more than you need in one shopping mm. period. So it means sort of stopping and not buying until you've actually gotten through the one, all of them, 
um, mm. and only having, having a smaller amount of, of backup, I suppose. But, yeah, with, with my drawer, I've got a drawer, pantry drawer that holds the, the tins of those things and that sometimes gets a bit full but it's it's not it's because it's a drawer I can access the ones at the back and the ones at the front equally Mm. so I don't actually have that rotation issue the issue I have is is probably one of the things we're about to talk about in next is buying too many of something so I accidentally bought extra cans of coconut milk last week knowing that we were having a meal with coconut milk in it but forgetting that the meal I'd planned the week before with coconut milk in it hadn't happened and so I already had it in the pantry. So now I have, you know, well, I still have two because I used two tins last night, but I'll have to remember, you know, next time I have a meal with coconut milk, I actually have it in the pantry. So that sort of happens to me is that accidentally buying duplicates is the thing that causes mine more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think the probably the last point I can think of in terms of why our pantries get cluttered is because we buy things and then only use them once. Like I think of spices, you know, yes, I buy spices. I buy a jar of cloves, whole cloves every Christmas to stud, to use 12 of them to stud my Christmas ham. <laughs> and then I don't use whole cloves for the rest of the year. And then next Christmas put on my list whole cloves. And so recently <laughs> I went through my spices and I found three jars of whole cloves, each with like the top quarter missing and I'm like this is it's insane that Mm. I don't think back to last Christmas and there might still be some in there but or you know people will need a quarter of a cup of red lentils for a soup that they're making Mm. and so they'll buy a kilo of red lentils use the quarter cup not enjoy the soup or not ever go back to that recipe and then the rest of the bag of the lentils just sits in the cupboard so quite often we'll get experimental and buy things that we Mm. only use for one recipe or one occasion, but we don't just buy enough. And quite often you can't just buy, you know, 12 cloves. So, so then we, and at the time you think, well, I'll pop them in here. I'll, you know, I'm sure I'll use it again. And then unless you're, you know, doing a regular stock take of your pantry, those things just naturally get mm. pushed towards the back or pushed out of sight. And, um, and then yeah. eventually go out of their Expire. use, you know, expire but also um they're taking up valuable space even though we're not using them so I think that's another another issue that single use mentality with some of the things we buy and it's not always on purpose like you said you don't buy them thinking I'm only going to use a few of these and then put the rest in the bin you don't we don't think like that and that's usually what ends up happening because it gets so old it has to go in the rubbish but another thing another sort of single use thing is that the whole phases you know we go through phases like you go I'm going to try (laughs) being gluten-free I'm going to try being dairy-free I'm going to try being this I'm going to try being that and we do it for health reasons or just out of interest or whatever but we'll often Mm -hmm. try you know just experiment with maybe going doing keto or you know something like that and often when you do one of those things you get then specialized foods to deal with that so um, for example um, when Ethan wasn't well for a while we had over here it's on a really restricted diet about five years ago and like I mean really restricted and I went on it with him as moral support and so I had to go and buy all these weird things like weird types of grains and stuff because they were the only grain that he could possibly eat and after he got better and he wasn't on the diet anymore I had all this stuff left over and so I think we do that occasionally as well I'll find in clients 
pantries a lot, a whole lot of specialised non-gluten grains um, or a whole lot of specialised high-protein um, stuff for, you know, someone experimenting with veganism or something like that. And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right. Now, back to the discussion. So, yeah, often going through those phases, fads, or even just a moment in time uh, will cause stuff to get left behind um, when you move out of it again. So that's another cause of uh, pantry clutter too. Okay, so now we know why our pantries are getting cluttered. How do we how do we start the process back? What are we going to do to declutter them? Do you have a method you usually follow? Mm, with clients' pantries, I do the all out thing, uh, pulling it all out, which can you know depending on how much space you've got. I mean, a lot of clients that have uh, clutter in the house and so much clutter in the house that there's no room to do the pantry, we just don't do the pantry. So mm-hmm. we just weed it a little bit. But when it's a generally uncluttered home, the dining table, the kitchen bench, countertop for the Americans, and the floor all get filled up with food. Uh, so pull it all out and and group it all and then think about storage after that. Yeah. Is that look, what you do? I've done a few pantry declutters in my time. I always think they're so much fun. Um, they are fun, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> And I think as well because there's not you don't find the same sentimental attachment that you do with so many other areas of the house. But there are mm. still I've had a couple of clients that can't get past the waste factor um, and oh, the money yeah, spent. Same. Still, that still you know becomes a an issue. So um, I completely agree. If you've got the time to do the entire pantry and you've got the space. Um, and the volume of items is such that you can get it all out and put it all back within the time and the space that you've got. I think that's definitely the best, best method. I mm. have had a client who the pantry was so large and so full that we did it in three hour chunks. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> wall by wall. It was a huge, it was like a butler's pantry, but it was full uh, yeah. of food. Yeah. There was no other appliances or anything like every nook and cranny was ah, full of food and so there was a lot of food we would have yeah there was decades worth of food in there so um we did that section by section and look you know if you were trying to tackle this at home and you think oh I just want to get started but I've only got half an hour before I pick the kids up just do one shelf or just do mm. the spice rack or just you could you could section it up and do bit by bit if that makes it more yeah. doable. And, or just declutter. Like don't worry about trying to come up with the perfect storage. If you only have a small amount of time, just weed out the old stuff or the stuff that you aren't going to use and you can donate to the food bank or something and just get those out of there. And then the next phase could be then going, all right, now I know what's in there. How do I organise it better so it doesn't get cluttered again? Mm-hmm. So once you've got it all out, I think it's worth spending a couple of minutes giving it a really good clean because quite often it's mm. it's not a space unless you're moving 
is not a space that is really ever empty. So quite often you might give a bit of a shelf a wipe over if there's a bit of a gap, but very rarely, well, certainly in my experience, do you ever pull everything out and clean right to the back and right to the corners. Yeah, definitely. Um, And if you've got kids like mine who will, you know, get a bit of Vegemite onto the bottom of the Vegemite jar before they slide it back in. It like, it's still, my my pantry shelves can get a bit grubby because, you know, the the bottoms of things aren't always clean before they put them back in. Um, So yeah, I think it's worth investing an extra couple of minutes to give it a clean before you start uh, putting all your stuff back in. Yeah. But yeah, I like to group. And when I, when I do pull it out, I'll, I won't just pull it out as it's been put in. I'll pull it out. Well, sorry, I will, I'll pull it out shelf by shelf. But when I'm grouping, I group at that point. I don't wait until it's all out and then group it. I group it mm-hmm. as I go. So I'll make little piles for uh, certain things. And what the groups are will depend on the client and the way they like to access their stuff. And so, you know, if I sort of say to them, you know, where where would you put I'm going to be a mental blank. Where would you put custard powder? Would you put it with the flour and the sugar or would you put it with the jellies and the desserts and whatever, fruit, tins of fruit or something? That was a really bad example, but I think you understand what I mean. <laughs> and they will just then say, you know, which way, which where, where they would go looking for that item. And so that's where it gets grouped. So when you are thinking about how you categorise food, everyone has a different idea and everyone will put, different foods in different categories and everyone has different habits I'm the kind of person that has mostly the same as everybody else but there's a couple of sections where I'm like no that goes separately to everything else and it's my own reasoning it's my own quirky reasoning it's not that doesn't make actually any sense so that's why I always ask the client where would you go looking for this and with what other food items would you go looking with this for this and that's where they get grouped on the floor or on the kitchen counter And then when they go back in, they'll be in their appropriate groups. Yeah, and I always like to draw a plan and that might sound a little bit, I don't know, over the top, (laughs) drawing a plan or a mud map of your pantry. But I think it's because um, nothing frustrates me more than when there's something that's regularly used that ends up being up high or down low or you know so I like to draw a bit of a a plan so that all the things you get out regularly like in our house it would be cereal it would be pasta it would be milo and then you know Vegemite honey that kind of stuff that all needs to be front and center firstly because it gets pulled out all the time but also because it's things that my kids go and help themselves to so I wouldn't want to put it right up high else my kids wouldn't be Mm. able to get to it Um, So the things for me that would go up high, and this is what I would work out my little plan, would be the baking stuff because if my kids bake, they're generally baking with me. They wouldn't need to get it out themselves. And I don't bake, you know, every day like I get cereal out every day. So Mm. it can go in the harder to reach places and stuff like that. So it could be a quick sketch on the back of a napkin just to say, this is what we access the most of, put it on this shelf, this here, this here, because once you start putting things in quite often, you'll find that you've got, it takes up more room than you expect. And, and yeah. so it's good to have a bit of a, a bit of a plan. Yeah. I remember doing mum's pantry and for as long as I could remember in my, in the pantry growing up, the dog food always went right down the bottom. And it was just the thing that 
what we always did. And I was doing mum's pantry and mum feeds her dogs every day. And uh, she's, <laughs> no offence, mum, not getting any younger. And it's easier to not have to bend down. And so I put her dog food at eye level in one of the prime real estate areas of the pantry. And she was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. It's not such a bad idea. <laughs> but because it was like, this is what I've always done, it hadn't occurred to her to move it to a more accessible spot, even though she was accessing that food, you know, once or twice a day. And there were things that she was accessing once or twice a month that would be better off going right down the bottom where you had to bend over and reach in to get to. So think about think about shaking it up a little bit as well and just thinking really critically about where you've always kept things and whether or not that's actually the most efficient way or whether you've just done that because it's the way that you did in your last house or something like that. The other thing to keep in mind when you're decluttering is to ask yourself if there's anything in your pantry that could be put elsewhere. So one thing you quite often find in pantries will be plastic bags hopefully people you know are not accumulating them like they used to but you know there used to always be the bag of bags you know or some kind of plastic yep. bag holder <laughs> quite often there are medicines in there or supplements yep. things like that um, and bathroom supplies lots of people would keep um, excess you know if they bought toothpaste or they bought mouth wash or whatever it was Uh, will quite often would go get stuck down the bottom or at the top or wherever but if you have room in your laundry or you have room in your bathroom or something like that to move a few of those things out then that can give you a bit of extra space too so have a you know have a look because you mentioning dog food I've never thought to keep dog food in my pantry I always keep it in the laundry Ah. but that's because that's where we feed our dog yeah his his dog bowls in the laundry so it's in a laundry cupboard but it's that whole thing of you know thinking outside the square and just because you've always kept it there maybe there's another place that that would work just as well and free up some space yeah yeah or work better you know like it would be stupid for you to keep the dog food in the kitchen because then you'd have to walk Mm. you know out, out to the laundry get the bowl walk into the kitchen make the food put it back in the laundry so yeah if I fed my dog in the laundry I did that we fed our dog outside so um, we make it up on the kitchen bench so we have ours in the fridge and in the pantry and we have our overflow in the laundry you know those giant big bags of dry mm-hmm. food yeah we've got one of those in the laundry drawer so that's our overflow but the rest is in the yeah it's in the kitchen uh, in the pantry so you mentioned sorting into categories and Um, you can do that on the way out as you're pulling things out that sounds like a really logical way to do it or you can do it on the way back in Mm. which would be fine too because you might come across some different things uh, as you're putting them away and think about you know like we quite often say when we're putting things away think about the whole friends with friends who would this hang out with you Mm. know I put all my tins together even if they're fruit or you know sweet Mm. or savory because I like tins (laughs) with tins but other people might put tins of fruit with you know sugar and baking items and stuff so think about what how it works for you because you know and the other thing I would say is if you change things around let other people in your family know (laughs) because it can be a bit frustrating when you've got this fabulous new system and then someone else unpacks the groceries and puts them back where they used to be or they go looking for stuff and can't find it so if you're going to make some changes call a family meeting, get everyone in front of the pantry and say, this is our system. This is where it's all going. 
Yep. And then watch for months while they still try to put it all back in the different pla- in the old yeah. places. <laughs> or completely ignore you and just put it wherever they want anyway. I, I'm quite specific about, like I'm not anal about lots of things. Like my bed, I'm just looking, my bed's not made at the moment. I didn't get around to it this morning yet. So it's not made and I don't care. But if you put something in the wrong spot in the pantry, <laughs> I'll be really mad. And I don't I don't cope well with things being put in the wrong spot. And so I'm very specific about it and I spend a lot of time lecturing my poor members of the family about, you know, how they've put something in the wrong spot. And I got really <laughs> irrationally annoyed when they changed the size of the Milo tin recently. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? So instead of it being squat and fat it's taller and thinner and so it wouldn't fit in the drawer that I keep my Milo in anymore and I'm like I'm standing in front of the pantry going what do I do now (laughs) like my Milo doesn't fit in the Milo spot what am I going to do and so write a letter to (laughs) Nestle and complain oh almost um so I had to stand in front of Patrick go right I need to find a new home for the Milo breathe Rebecca you'll be okay and so I've had to move it to be down now with the cereals and it's still really accessible and it's fine and it actually worked out quite well because there's a bit more room for the bread in the other drawer now but it still annoyed me and that's how specific I am about you know things having homes in the pantry and living in their proper home and and everything is yeah, very strictly in the same home all of the time. And it helps so much because if someone asks where something is, I don't have to get up and look. I can tell them, you know, I can say, you know, the right side cupboard, third drawer down towards the back, you know, and I know exactly where everything is. And then if they say it's not here, then I'm like, well, then we're out. You know, I don't have to get up and look for things. I can just say, well, I know we're out then if it's not there. Either that or someone's put it in the wrong spot, which mm. does still happen sometimes. So but not for- much. Any overseas viewers that aren't sure what Milo is, it's like a <laughs> chocolate malty kind of drink that your yeah, powder like that you mix sort of with, yeah, that you mix with mm. milk or whatever. So, and you talking about the Milo tin brings me perfectly onto my next point, which is about decanting things into containers because I did mm. not know that the Milo tin changed because I don't keep Milo in the tin. I bring it home and empty it into a container. So oh. I'm a bit of a... I didn't I'm, think of that. <laughs> I'm a bit of a, and so quite often I won't even buy the tin. I buy the soft pack, which is like the refill pack ah. of Milo because you could keep, you can buy a tin and then keep that same tin and then buy the soft refill pack. If I've you never seen put that it before. I'll have to have oh. a look for that. I didn't um, know it existed. But you can also, yeah. So for me, I have, I really, I have a, an old school cupboard pantry um, there's nothing revolutionary about what's going on in there in terms of there's no sliding racks, there's no beautiful mm. anything. So I, what I do is I have a lot of Tupperware containers, all have matching lids, <laughs> so it all looks <laughs> very nicely, colour-coordinated, and I decant the majority of our food into containers. So there's not a lot yeah. of... Um, unless it's something like a packet of rice crackers, which would be open and probably used all in one go. But then yeah. if they're not, I still do have some containers labelled crackers and things like that <laughs> that they would go into. But I like that because my shelves aren't great. I want to stack things and I, you know, feel like there's lots of stuff that doesn't stack nicely or is easy to slide around and move. So that's something as well. And I know I did for a long time and I know a lot of people do this, put things in glass jars. And I loved that. 
Um, mm. And it always looks so beautiful, like a bunch of glass jars in a pantry with, you know, yeah. chickpeas and nuts and stuff like that. But when my kids got to the age where they started helping themselves to stuff, <laughs> I found that there were glass jars being dropped or being bumped yeah. on the edge of the bench. And I was like, they we're going to end up with some kind of catastrophe. So I moved over to plastic Tupperware containers that stack and they are, it's far more ergonomic and makes use of the space much better than the glass jars did. They just don't look quite as nice, but um, yeah, there's great things about glass and I do love all of the good things about them, but you're right. It's they're easy to break and they're not often square or stackable, which makes them not really use the space effectively I have a client and she has the most amazing pantry full of glass jars but hers her pantry is really large so she doesn't actually need to use up every little inch of space so it's fine you know if she just has you know a little bit of air above and air between those jars and yeah it looks really it looks really beautiful the the whole glass thing and from her it's a health thing as well because she didn't like the use of the plastic from a health Mm -hmm. perspective Uh, so you know it's all it's all good but sometimes you just can't manage it you know and for some of my older clients or clients that um, them have mobility issues with their hands and things they would constantly be dropping them so it wouldn't you know wouldn't work out and if they've got a slate floor or a tile floor that's really dangerous so yeah it works for some and uh, it looks really nice when it does work but it don't Get, beat yourself up if you can't do it and you can't have that Pinterest glass thing because, you know, there's lots of cons about it as well. So once you've pulled everything out, cleaned your pantry, planned how you're going to put it back, sorted your stuff into categories and decanted anything into containers if you use them and, you know, are ready to put them back in, uh, you can either do this on the way out or you can do it once it's all out. As you're putting things back in, have a look at their their use-by date or their best-before dates and assess the suitability because some people are quite happy to keep, you know, tin food for a year or two past its best before date, depending on the food, depending on the person. Um, quite yeah. often people will keep spices past their best before date because they're usually still fine to use. They just don't pack the same punch as they would have. So sometimes mm. people will just, you know, if it's a something that you might, you know, if it's cumin that you might put in a curry then you just they might add two tablespoons instead of one because it's a bit older um, and that kind of thing so you know assess the suitability you don't have to chuck out stuff because it's past its best before but just work out what Mm. works for you and the other thing if you're struggling with the waste issue and I've had this with clients where they've said I can't I feel like I'm just burning money (laughs) throwing food away even though it's past its best before contact your local um shelters and food banks because they may take some of the items even if they're past their best before I when I did my massive pantry declutter with the client you know shelf by shelf wall by wall over several days and weeks um, and it was an issue for her about the amount of food that was going to be thrown out and so we found a few people nearby that had chickens and ducks that they were happy for any of the grains and stuff like that that were well past their best before we could soak them in water and use them as chook food so that was great and then um, I'd contacted a local center that cooks meals for homeless people and they said look we'll take any tin food as long as it's not more than 10 years past its best before because they said, honestly, yeah. these people are either eating nothing or they're eating peaches that are two two years past their best before date and they're okay with that because there's not a lot of choice. So 
we donated a whole lot of stuff to them and they were really grateful. So there are ways, and I, th- I think for that client, she once she knew it was going somewhere, that it wasn't just being put into the bin, that it was going to chickens or it was going to the homeless shelter, she was quite okay then to part with it and it kind of got mm. her past that that hurdle. And the thing with tins is that they often don't even have before best before dates anyway like they don't have expiry dates I don't know if you notice the same thing but a lot of tinned food when you look for a date it's only got the maybe a packed date or a batch number on it it doesn't actually have any best before because you know tinned food you know it does last a really long time and uh, so a lot of that stuff can be reused uh, or used elsewhere quite safely I've I've had quite a few clients who do not want to throw food away when even if it's past it's but best before date or a used by date because those are two different things. There's a whole, if you look online, if you investigate online, the whole best before thing is not an indication of the safety of food. It's more of an indicator of the quality of the food. And so you can actually eat food past its best before quite safely because the best before is only a recommended date and it's actually got no relevance to health and safety at all. Uh, I think used by dates do, uh, but I have so many clients that say, I just, I'll use the sniff test, you know, and I'll try it. And if it's no good, uh, if it smells bad, then, you know, that's when I'm going to, to throw it away, but I'm going to keep it until I want to I want to use it just in case it, it tastes just fine. So there's a few different uh, I've, I've read a few things online about people starting to, you know, ignore best before dates and just use the good old sniff test. Yeah, look, I've got really specific with my meal planning and my purchasing other than tin tomatoes. And so I don't have a lot that goes past it other than the, the spices. That's the main thing for me that I will um, use. But quite often I will just, I pretty much ignore <laughs> Uh, best before dates on spices unless they're really old Mm. because now I just buy in smaller quantities I've kind of figured out that the money that I thought I was saving buying bigger of everything I ended up wasting because either I wouldn't get back to use it or you know it go past its best before and I don't yeah and it would just sit there so now I buy everything in smaller quantities the other thing I Mm. think um, that saves me a lot is we move regularly <laughs> so yeah and the military will take some dried foods if they're packaged in plastic containers and things like that but most mostly I use the moving as an opportunity to clear out and purge and start fresh with and I every time I do it I try and commit myself to having a smaller pantry and buying less more frequently so there's not too many things I have to do the sniff test with. Uh, yeah, moving is always a good thing for decluttering anything, isn't it? Not just your pantry, but, yeah, pantries will uh, really benefit from a, from a move. Although I've had many clients that I have have joked about, you know, a certain item that I've pulled out of the pantry that, you know, had a use-by date of 2003 and they'll often laugh and say, I've moved three times since then. <laughs> so they're like bringing their old food with them when they move so yeah. yeah don't do that try and use it as an opportunity to declutter don't just kind of pack it all uh, it's a good way to get rid of some of those old things yeah so once you've decluttered let go of all the stuff that you either no longer use or is past its best before and you want to get rid of it then 
we've got a few tips for you about things you can do to help organize your pantry so that you don't get back into the same state. One of my favorite things, and I have this in my pantry, like I said, which is not very well designed. I have a lazy Susan, which for those that don't know what that is, it's like the little, (laughs) now I don't know how to describe it. It's like a little, mine's wooden. It's like a wooden, a circular wooden chopping board on like a little spinny thing that turns around. So I think of them in terms of quite often they're in the middle of a like a Chinese banquet table when you're yeah. at a restaurant and you can spin them around and this food spins around so that everyone on the table can reach everything. Does Is that even close to a good description, Beck? Yeah, I think most people know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a little plate that sits on a spinner and... You can, it's circular, obviously. If it's not circular, it's going to whack into the sides of things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it spins around and you can get to the things at the back with a with a little quick spin. My mum's got the same in her pantry. Yeah, so I use, I found the thing that was I found really annoying was where my sauces um, and condiments were, you know, like soya sauce and teriyaki and mustard mm. and stuff like that that I don't keep in the fridge. But some of them would be in tall bottles, some smaller, and then I'd be knocking things over trying to pull the ones out from the back. So I put them all on a lazy Susan and now I can spin it around and have access to all of the sources regardless of whether they're, you know, stacked towards the back or towards the front, a spin sorts that out. So that's one of my mm. little favourite organising things in my pantry. Have you got some thoughts, Beck? Uh, yeah, I don't have a lazy Susan. One of the things I did when I had a traditional size pantry, which was the deep sort of pantry, which I don't have anymore. Well, I do, but I have drawers in mine. But when I had that traditional deep pantry, what one of the things I did actually was remove a shelf. And removing a shelf, a lot of people immediately think, oh, I haven't got as much space. But if you remove a shelf, you can actually reach easily into the back. So having your shelves further apart actually worked out to be better and I could reach things better and I use things better. So that's something to consider as well as maybe removing a shelf, not all of the shelves because you're going to, you know, not going to have anything to put things on. But I removed a shelf which made things more accessible and trays and baskets were the winner for us. So in that particular pantry, we just had baskets all the way along and the baskets didn't, I couldn't buy, I didn't get in baskets that went all the way to the back, but they just went sort of two thirds to three quarters of the way to the back of the pantry. And then behind them, I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I say that to clients a lot. I say, just pull things to the front and actually have the back empty, which is a bit counterintuitive to a lot of people because a lot of people feel they need to fill space and they think, well, surely I can put something back there. But I actually say to people, don't, just don't, just have less stuff and just use the front half of your pantry and either use baskets so that you can, like you're creating drawers uh, or use tubs, I usually not tubs because if you've got something with a lid on, it's a pain in the neck to get to and so you're just going to stick something on top of it instead of putting it in it. But baskets uh, are really ideal for that particular type of pantry, those deep ones. And, yeah, just don't fill the back of it. Mm, I like that. And there's some really cool options out there for spice racks, um, either ones that sit in your pantry on the shelves or you can get them that attach to the walls so that, those things become really accessible. There's some Mm. nice stepped storage out there as well. So if you've got um, tins or things like that, instead of them all being on the one level that they have, you know, and I feel like people think you give up a little bit of height 
room by having stepped storage but basically it's you know these little miniature steps so that the things behind the stuff on the shelf level are up a couple of inches so you can see the top half of yeah. the tin or the jar or whatever it is um yeah. so you've got the layers of stuff as well that can be pretty handy. yeah it looks like um grandstand seating mm. <laughs> um so if you buy those and and yeah, and again, you're not going to use up every inch of space in your pantry, but you don't need to. You know, unless you're shopping every three months, you actually don't need nearly as much food in your pantry as you think you do. So having those stepped things um, doesn't actually waste any space. It actually just makes things more accessible uh, for you. Another thing as well as those uh, stepped grandstand style seating things there's probably a proper name for them you you know I should know them but is uh, shelf extenders and so shelf extenders are like a little shelf on legs that you put inside your shelf and so what that does is if you've got small things like um, tins that are fairly low but you've got three times that height in your cupboard you can then put a shelf extender so you can have tins underneath the the shelf and then tins or jars above that on on that little shelf as well so you're doubling the amount of stuff that you can keep in that particular on that on that particular shelf does that make sense yes but they're called shelf extenders I do know the proper word for that one (laughs) (laughs) um I use some tins as well as baskets like some decorative I think it was just I bought too many pretty looking biscuit barrels when we lived in England and needed to find a use for them. So I will group similar items in them um, and put them um, up high in my pantry. But it's things like the baking. One of the I know one of them has the baking extras in, so it's got things like food colors and sprinkles and all the decorative mm. little cake topper bits patty pans and muffin cases and that all that kind of thing all of that is stored within a tin um, because usually if I'm doing that kind of creative stuff I will just pull it all out Um, and so instead of all those individual little things being all sat on a shelf somewhere they can all just kind of get thrown in a tin Um, and I have another one similar with um, some spices that I don't use very often but I know like when I'm making a curry I know they're all in there together so I don't need to be able to see them. I'll just pull the whole tin out. I actually have a rule for shelving. And when you said that, the little things, I actually realised I have a rule and I didn't really think of it before. But if I have a shelf, I have trays or baskets or I have um, containers. There is nothing like a little bottle of vanilla will not sit on a shelf by itself. It will go in a tray or it will go in a tub or it will go in a basket. But if it's small, it is not allowed to sit on the shelf by itself. And I think uh, the main reason for that is because they get knocked really easily over. Uh, they get pushed to the back. They get dis disorganized. They get um, away from their other things that match them. And if you can contain them in a, a low, shallow basket or a tub or a tin, like you're saying, then you're not going to have loose bits and pieces falling out when you're trying to access things in the pantry. So I just I didn't realize I had that rule, but yeah, if it's if it's not in a container, it's like like you know like a Tupperware container or something like that and then it goes in a basket or in a tray because I do not have anything loose in, on my shelves in my pantry. Mm. Speaking of containers I love a good bit of labeling in a pantry <laughs> to keep it organized and because I buy lots of different grains and pulses and stuff like that um, and they're all in you know containers so I will label 
everything. Um, there's some really cool places you can get pre-made labels or you can buy a labeling machine or you can even hire labeling machines these days or you can put a piece of sticky tape on the front and write on there with a permanent marker if that floats your boat too. But for me that makes a big difference because I will look at um, a whole stack of stuff at the back and go, oh, yeah, what's, what have I got there? All right, that's polenta and I've got these beans and I've got these dried beans and I've got this and this. And, you know, it's just a really easy way to identify what you've got um, and especially if you've got people helping you in the kitchen and you say, can you please go and get the hmm. green wheat freaker off the shelf? My kids look at me and go, the what? <laughs> I'm like, just look for the label. <laughs> You'll find it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big labeler and I some of my clients are and some of my clients aren't. And I guess it depends. I think you use more containers than me. So that makes sense. And as you said, you decant everything, whereas I don't decant a great deal of stuff. And I do have labels on my containers that have my rice. So I've got like different kinds of, you know, there's aborio rice and basmati and long grain. So I've got like a few different types of rice. So I have those labeled. But like the biscuit ones, we don't label them because we kind of swap and change a bit. And um, I just think, well, the, the, what annoys me more is inaccurate labeling. That annoys me more than no labeling. <laughs> and so like, I'm not prepared to have to change the labeling around. So I'd rather just not label at all. So a bit of washi tape and a marker on the top of my containers because I use drawers. So on the top of my containers, I've got washi tape and marker if I need it. And then I can easily rip that off and rewrite it. But I was just thinking there are some beautiful label ways you can label it there. And I've, I've got a client who does some beautiful labeling. If anyone really wants fancy labels in Adelaide, let me know um, and I'll refer you to her. But there's, for me, I would go to all of that trouble and then I would want to change it. So I just don't do it at all. So just think about how much work is involved in your labelling and how much you're prepared to put into the labelling and the maintenance of that. And if you are prepared, then you can have it looking really cool. Uh, if you're not, then simple works just as well as fancy. So other things to keep in mind when you're reorganising is if you're doing containers, Stackable obviously is better if you've got, you know, if you're tight on space. And also the other thing I would say is avoid containers that you can't see into unless mm -hmm. you're labelling because I feel yeah. like it's like a little black hole. If there's an <laughs> opaque pot at the back of your cupboard and you don't know what's in there, it takes effort to have to open it. And, you know, if it's there for longer than a week, chances are you'll forget. No yeah. one else in the house will access it because they won't know what it is either. So either try and have clear containers or, you know, or if labels. you are putting things in there, pop mm. your labels on so that you know what it is. Yeah. Even though I said, you know, labeling is a bit optional for me, it's compulsory for anything you can't see through. Yeah. I will not. Yeah. I can't deal with not knowing what's in something. So the other things to keep in mind when you're organizing and decluttering your pantry is that if you meal plan that is a great way to save space and avoid buying excess and like we said we will devote another mm. entire episode to meal planning um, and one thing I think is really important is to shop your pantry before you go to the store so have a look when you're writing your shopping list of what you want for the week have a look in your pantry as you're writing your shopping list to see if you've already got things um, yeah. So that like the coconut milk, Beck, so that you don't need to go and, and buy the duplicates because quite often we think we know what we've got in there and we'll write yeah. off the top of our head what we think we need without glancing at our pantry before we go. Yeah, 
and our memories are fallible. Mine more than most, but everyone's it can be fooled. Um, the other thing that I think is quite good is to keep a little footstool. I've got like a great little foldable one that slides in, in the little gap next to my fridge, but keep a little footstool handy either, you know, somewhere convenient to your pantry or in the pantry. If you've got stuff up on high shelves, it's hard to reach because otherwise it's that same thing of out of sight, out of mind. Um, so if you've got something really handy that you can step up on to see the backs of shelves and help you get things out the backs if you need to, um, then that can be useful too. Another thing to keep in mind is when you buy products in bulk, quite often they'll come in a box. So you might get a box of crisps or chips and there might be you know six or eight packets in there and if you leave the box in your pantry with all those things in there you don't know if there's two packets left or six packets left in there Mm. so quite often it's useful to get rid of the boxes that are holding all of your um, items if you're buying in bulk so that you can actually see how many you've got left because there's been times um, when I've been decluttering people's pantries when I will pull out either an empty box and people say oh I didn't realize there was none left in there because the box is still in there or they'll say oh I thought there was only you know one or two left and then so I bought another box and now I realize that was that box was still full so um or get a marker and write on the side how many you've got left in there and cross it off when you're taking them out if you really want to keep them in their boxes but try and have (laughs) things as visible as possible can you imagine kids doing that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never <laughs> yeah I was just thinking nah that, that wouldn't happen in our house <laughs> um another tip to keep your pantry uncluttered is to uh, do regular eat down weeks or months depending on how large your pantry is and just make a concerted effort to plan your eating around what's already in there and just, you know, pretend you're on lockdown and just eat as much as you can out of the pantry as possible and um, and then go back to normal after that. But that'll, that sort of keeps you down a bit. And it, it, you're, you you would love doing that, Tara, wouldn't you? Because you like experimenting with <laughs> meals and stuff. Whereas yeah. I'm like, I, I feel like it's, and quite often this happens when we know that we're moving um, for a few months before we go, I will try and use up the bulk of what we've got. Um, and so I feel like anyone that ever watched that, that chef Curtis Stone, his, um, surprise chefs show, and he used to surprise people in their homes or in the supermarket and make a meal out of whatever they had in their pantry and their fridge. And I, I just pretend I'm on that show and I'll be like, what have (laughs) I got in this pantry that I can put together? And it's like, the kids will come home and I'll be like, we're having pasta surprise. And they're like, what's the surprise? I'm like, the surprise is how many random ingredients I've got in your pasta tonight. You know, like, but um, I find that quite entertaining for myself. Not everyone else probably loves the idea of that as much as I do. But um, I think there's something really therapeutic in using up a whole mm-hmm. lot of the stuff you've got and then just replenishing it. If you're not moving, just give yourself a week where you try to only buy your fresh stuff and then just yeah. use up the bulk of stuff in your pantry and then next week go back and replenish it. Yeah. And that way you know you're getting to the bottom of things and the back of things as well. Exactly. And then if you're doing that regularly enough, you don't actually have to do the whole big declutter then because, mm. you know, you know you're cycling through your stuff. You're well aware of everything that's in your pantry. And you're. And another thing is about getting in the habit of uh, eating out of, shopping out of your pantry is that you become more and more aware of what you've got and you also become used to 
improvising. And one of the reasons why we overshop is that we don't, we're afraid to have to improvise. We're afraid of like, oh my God, what if I run out of, you know, tin tomatoes? Then I can't, I won't have, you know, I won't be able to do this. But if you are constantly experimenting with living without things and using them up, then you actually get a little bit more relaxed about it because you actually, you know how creative you can be if you need to be and so you don't end up having that fear and then you don't purchase out of fear does that make sense yes and you can google this has happened to me plenty of times when I'm halfway through baking a cake and it says add baking powder and I go oh I haven't got any baking powder left google substitute for baking powder and it'll be like beat some egg whites and put them in sweet got plenty of (laughs) eggs I'll do that but you can google that for anything um substitute for tin tomatoes and it will give you some other options so um yeah Mm. have some fun with it yeah even I am interested in doing that there you go (laughs) well we would love to hear about your pantry declutters whether you've done them whether you need to do them you can come and confess all your pantry sins to us over in the Facebook community share your before and after photos if you've got some and if you're willing because all the best chat happens over there after the show so we'd love to see you there And we'll be back in your ears next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.